Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast, your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music, with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSM Podcast or at our website, SSMPodcast.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Say Something Nice podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Ali, and I'm joined with Latria. Hello. And uh, we are here for a very special episode where we're going to be reviewing Amazon's The Boys. The Boys. Yep. And, um, and at this point, I'm, I'm going to assume that a, a wonderful applause is going to be wafting over your ears as you listen. <laughs> thanks to thanks to the editing stylings of <laughs> of Brandon. <laughs> right. And um, so yeah, Latria, when did you first hear about the boys? By the way, how did I hear about it? I kept seeing ads, and I think it's just because. I was already watching stuff on Amazon Prime, although that, there's mm-hmm. no commercials, right? I'm trying to think how I saw. I saw commercials on TV. But I mean, on Amazon, it was, maybe that's what it was. I think it was TV and then maybe an Instagram ad. I don't know. But I just know I, I just kept seeing several ads about it. And then I saw the main character guy, Carl Urban, who I'm like, Oh wait, yeah, I like him because he's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I heard that he was, you know, kind of speaking with his native accent, I was like, "Oh, well, I'm in for whatever this is. <laughs> I don't even know." Um, and so that's how I heard about it. Okay, cool. Can't really I'm... exactly where though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for me personally, I I saw the ads <laughs> online. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let me add, let me add, um, let me add, um, you know, it to like my rotation and whatnot. So, yeah. um, oh, oh, okay. I've just Hi, added Ken. Ken. Hello. Can, I'm sorry. Can we just, okay, um, cool. So, so, um, Ken, uh, when you when you just joined in, uh, basically we were just um, musing over when we first heard about the boys, and um, I was going to say that I saw it in my Amazon feed, and then I started seeing ads for it online and when I watched TV, and um, I remember like Amazon, to me, if I remember correctly, from the Amazon shows that I've seen already, like Jack Reacher, I don't really remember Amazon pushing um ads for a show so hard i like the mm-hmm. boys was probably the hardest i've seen like i literally see the boys on tv like tv ads regular cable or over the yeah. air it was everywhere so, 
yeah, so they were really, really, really wanting everybody to watch this. So, um, so I was like, okay. And also, even though I didn't know about the graphic novel, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I just kind of saw the um, the premise from just the little ads, and I was like, okay, that seems like an interesting take on what I'm used to to watch in terms of action movies with superheroes and whatnot. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just dive in. Um, yeah. It- um, I guess I'm familiar with the boys because I um I I forgot the first time I heard they were making a show. It's been in development uh-huh. for like ever. Oh really? Um, okay. Because originally I forgot where it was originally supposed to go. Because I, I I read some I can't remember where the network was supposed to originally go. Um, but I I used to read the comics like okay. a long time ago, so I was yeah. familiar with the property that way. And mm. I was like I was a I was a little worried because. It could very easily, as you can see from the show, be a very, um, how you say, immature property. Yeah, it can, it can get a little gnarly. Uh, <laughs> gnarly, wow. I have not heard that in a while. <laughs> yeah, it can, yeah, it can, it can go a little sideways. So somebody who, is, somebody who might be skeptical from, from the go about watching, you know, shows that are, you know, like, you know, have ser- um, subject matters like this might just be like, might see the ad and be like, Oh, that looks like a lot of BS. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I can see that. Um, by the way, when when you mentioned um, that you that you had read the comic books, I was looking at the, the date of the publication, and I saw that it was actually from 2006 to 2012. Mm-hmm. So this is from a while back. All right. Yep. Cool. Anywho, so the boys, you know, uh, Garth Ennis is the creator and writer behind the boys and um, Garth Ennis is somebody who's also known for Preacher. Uh-huh. Um, for the people who've seen Preacher on, um, who've read Preacher and who've actually seen Preacher. Before we started recording, um, I was telling Latria that, uh, well, we were just discussing that we kind of tried to watch Preacher, but there was this, oh man, it's 2019, 2018, 2019. And it's so, there's so many stuff to watch on TV that Unless if you're like super interested in what you're actually watching, it's easy to just fall off and just pick up something else. Right. So that wasn't even on my priority list. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, and uh, it was on AMC. You know, AMC. I guess they did an all right job of promoting it. Mm. Um, but I, I, I watched Preacher, and um, I really enjoyed it. And you can tell the it. Like, I feel like that Seth Rogen and his team. They use Preacher as a bit of a as a um, playground for them to know how to do better versions of a superhero adaptation, mm-hmm. because you know they learn they like the lessons about what works, what doesn't work. Because the, to be honest, the, to me, the first season of Preacher is a bit of a mess and a mixed mixed bag. They really didn't find their rhythm with the property until like episode five. I just okay. stuck with it because I had read, read Preacher. You know, I'm a comic book fan. I wanted it to succeed, but it was like. You know, and I and I see their problem. The problem is Preacher itself, really, from the comics, like you could almost do it based on the way each issue was written. It, it the way it's episodic and on its own, mm-hmm. um, and it almost kind of e- would be easily adaptable to film that way. But it's kind of like we did. They don't want to do a straight up adaptation, we, you know, because it's like, well, if that's the case, you can just read the comics, which I understand. Right. Um, but it's um. Some of the the directions they went were kind of weird, but once they found their rhythm, it was awesome. Like there's this one episode, and I think I've talked about it on the show, 
um, where the main character, Jesse Custer, and his girlfriend, Tulip, um, they, it was a flashback episode where they finally get married. They decide to give up. I mean, do you guys mind if I spoil this a little bit? Oh, uh, uh, you're fine. Here. Spoilers for Preacher, everybody who's listening. It's, you know, it's like, I mean, it's one episode. It's still powerful to watch, but it's kind of like they settle down. They're no going to be uh, assassins or criminals or gangsters or whatever. And, you know, they're going to have, you know, allegedly have a baby. But the thing is, you know, this isn't the life that Tulip really wanted for herself. And it beca- it creates strife and struggle within the marriage and hiding and different stuff. It's kind of like she wasn't allowed to be the real person that she is or deal with her issues. It was kind of like this idyllic image of what marriage should be instead mm-hmm. of an, an, a, instead of an ideal image of what your partnership between somebody you love should be. And the episode does is it does it so well. Like it, it's probably it's one of them, it's 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 probably one of my favorite episodes of television ever. And I, I okay. wish I could remember which episode and which season it was. was that in, I was about to ask you which season that was. Okay. I'll look it up and I'll tell you. But it was it you know, they did really good episodes. Now they did like do a lot of stuff that was still a little bit um Immature, but but that's kind of what Garth Ennis' style was. He like you, as you can see in the boys and in Preacher, and um, in Preacher, you know, his goal was he would use gratuitous, like almost frat boy humor, gratuitous violence, sex, and stuff like that. But he would try to uh, like use it um, as a metaphor for something greater. It's kind of like you're gonna laugh, you're gonna see it as something really, really brash or whatever. But there's also a greater meaning behind everything he does, and you kind. Well, most of the time, I'll say some of that stuff. Um, yeah, you, did you I, really need? Did you really need to shoot that guy's nuts off? I was, about to see. <laughs> I was like, some of that stuff was. <laughs> so that's what I seen on the boys. I'm like, wow. Yeah, but the <laughs> thing was, preacher was known for its for its violence and going over the top. And mm-hmm. Garth Ennis's goal with the boys was to out preacher preacher to take things up a, yet another level, another notch. I mean. Well, and probably because, I mean, he can do that with Amazon. You know, they probably couldn't really do what they really wanted to on, for AMC. Definitely not on yeah. network. So television. definitely with Amazon, it was like, <laughs> no hoes barred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the boys, I haven't read that comic book at all. So I'm glad that you're here, Ken, so you can give us some insight onto things that you that you find, that you're able to compare with the actual show. Um, but when I was reading online some reviews and just people who've like broken the boys um, down, it seems like as if <laughs> everything was kind of, everything seems to have been just toned down just a wee bit for Amazon. If you can imagine, like it, it's apparently it's a lot crazier in the actual comic book itself. So, mm-hmm. so with, with that um, behind us, um, Garfin is, apparently was a you know he's he wasn't hands off on this which you know i kind of like because the first episode of the boys was actually um directed by dan trachtenberg and dan (laughs) is the same person behind 10 cloverfield lane i was trying to figure out what's the best way to go about um, talking about this show and i know it's only eight episodes but um the guys behind the show They've managed to pack so much stuff in there. I never felt 
that an episode wasn't was just like a, something that I could just sort of pass over, like like a filler or whatnot. Everything seemed to hit exactly where it needed to, and I felt like as if it was driving plot along. So let me go around the room and just ask you guys just a general, um, you know, sort of a score or what did you think of it overall? Um, let's start with uh, Latria. I I'll give it an A plus. I loved it. I okay. thought it was great. Even, you know, even the goriness of it all, which Ken was like, I'm shocked that you're watching this. <laughs> right. I still, <laughs> I still loved it. I just, you know, I told you I knew not to eat, you know, while watching. Hmm. But I just, I really. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I asked you, had you got, like, had you got to the part with the deep, uh, with the, uh, the deep on the show? <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the actual, like, the whole premise we talk of it, about that, but the whole premise is what attracted mm-hmm. me to it because the whole fact of like superheroes being evil. Because I mean, we're inundated with all these like you know superhero movies now where they're just like saving, literally saving the world mm-hmm. and helping everything out. But for this to be you know a show about well, what about the dark side of <laughs> what if they're not so nice mm-hmm. in real life? So I like that premise. So it definitely lived up. So A plus for me. Okay. Uh, Kevin, what about you? Uh, uh, I give it A, B minus, only because I mean I really love the show, but I know I'm like I want to leave room just for air, a little room. <laughs> but I love the show. Um, it I I was surprised how good it was, and I agree with you. It, even though I binged it, I never felt like it was the same as binging like any other TV show. It wasn't yeah. like I felt like uh, oh, I you know it's just kind of on in the background at times. I didn't feel like there was a lag. I felt like like you said, every episode counted. Every episode did something mm-hmm. to keep your attention. Um, everything everything was done with so much intention and thought behind it that I am forced to stand. Um, yeah, yeah, I totally it, agree. It's um, it, I mean, it's it's all it's damn near perfect. Like, there's some things you know you could fix on, um, and I and it, they're like they they did some departures from the comics, and I won't talk about it just in case somebody wants to go back and read it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do in the comics from what I remember. It's been a while since I read it. They didn't do so much of the getting the band together thing as they do in the show with like, the superheroes know, or the boys. Oh, with the boys. With the boys. Oh, okay. okay. It was kind of like they were already together and they recruit Huey. Oh, okay. Right. So it, yeah. you know, it's not. It's. I mean, even though in the show they do call, you know, show that they were a team in the past, right. and they're getting back together. It was more like, no, they were already together. They've got an established mission. Let's go. Um, okay. Okay. That's you know that's one of the biggest changes. Also, I'm not going to say anything, but of course the ending is mm-hmm. different from in the comics, which I actually never got to the end. So I watched YouTube videos on how it ended. Yeah. And oh, okay. Other stuff. <laughs> Wait, so Ken, are you telling me that the end of this season is actually the end of the boys in the co- in the in the comic books? Um, a little bit, a little. Because bit. I was about to say that because according to the the comic books, it says that there were seventy two issues of the boys. Yeah, well, the 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 big confrontation at the end that doesn't that doesn't really happen uh-huh. in the in the comics. Like, I mean, it's totally different the way it plays out. Okay, but um, they it. And I'll talk about what happens in the spoiler section. Okay. But the way it plays out is different, but it's done in such a smart way that it may it makes sense that you can end the season this way. 
and that you um, you're able to br- provide a character who is irredeemable um, a chance for um, basically you, you know to show growth and maturity and a, a greater character arc. Okay, so I see. All right. Well, for me, um, I'm going to give this an A as well. Um, like you know, like Ken said, sometimes when I binge a show, um, like I'd le- I'd like watch maybe one episodes one, two, and three, and then by four I get tired. So then what I would do is I'll just let it play in the background and I'll do something else. So that way, you know, I can still say that I technically speaking binged it, right? And then I can hop back on when something really serious happens. I couldn't do this with this. <laughs> I felt like as if every time I would try to distract myself and like have it play in the background, I just kept having to stare all the way through and then the episode ends. And I'm like, you know what? It's pointless. Let me just sit there and watch the entire thing because it was that it was that engaging for me personally. Um, I felt all the characters, even no matter how sleazy uh, they were, every one of them had a story that I felt needed to be told in that particular kind of universe. And I appreciated the the little details that um, each each director for each episode added, you know, so that way it doesn't feel, um, even though there have been some shows or some, you know, properties that deal with like, uh, you know, uh, heroes or people with powers that are actually villains, I still feel like as if it didn't feel like recycled, I, I guess is the best word. And so, yeah, I watched it all the way through. And towards the end, I was kind of guessing. I kind of, you know, not really spoiled, but I kind of figured out that it would end. Um, part of the whole, the any end, I was like, okay, I was, I totally think that that would be the best. That would be the best way to give you the 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 full shock of it all in the end, but. Anywho, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this an A. Um, overall, really, really, really good. Um, I can definitely see, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't get a season two. <laughs> like, at oh, all. Oh, well, IMDb has season, like, it mentions, like, a season They've two. They've already said they're going to do a season two. Yeah. Anytime I've watched um, uh, any article, I, I've read any article online for The Boys, it's been glowing reviews. So, um, yeah. I think everybody pretty much liked it. I actually, right. and I, I feel bad. Well, go mm-hmm. ahead. But I actually did see something that talked about uh, um, that the show shows the limits of um, superhero TV, or like uh, not deconstructionist, but um, mm-hmm. I forgot. Let me see if I can find it because I meant to read it, but I, I couldn't find it again. Let me see if I can find it. But one, I've only seen one article that didn't like it. Oh, okay. Mm. So, Do you remember what they? You remember what probably because if you if if an article that says the the limits, honestly, the the I think one of the greatest strengths of this show is the fact that, um, it found ways to not show powers, but we we still felt the trepidation, we still felt the tension in the room, right? right. So, for example, Homelander, the leader of the Seven. Him just standing there and looking down at someone and just with his toothy smile and still being threatening. I didn't need powers to make mm. me feel like, you know, oh man, shit's about to go down. So I like those creative ways uh, the show found to be able to um, emote 
what needed to be, um, you know, emoted for the for the audience. So yeah, I actually pretty like. I, I can remember some. I'm trying to remember if there were there's some other TV shows that I noticed that d- does that too. And I and the first thing that comes to mind, to be completely honest, is um, the Hulu shows Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger. Like those shows have powers in them too, but they it's more about the the characters and following their lives. And then the powers just kind of enhance the overall arc experience. So they hook you with the powers, but you stay for the personalities and the sort of the exploration of you know the evolution of the characters. So yeah. Okay. I found the article, it was on AV Club. It just mm-hmm. basically said the show shows the limits of superhero satire. So it was a little bit of a clickbait. Um, But what it was saying is that the show delves more into the the character development and other elements. It it doesn't completely go, I guess, for lack of a better term, falls to the wall with just making fun of superheroes because it's a superhero show at the end of the day. Um, And they were saying, like, it's got got more meat and depth depth to it than what, you know, than just talking about how bad superheroes are or those ideas and how, like, or the frailty of those concepts of kind of peddling hope to people. So it doesn't really have anything negative to say. So in delving into the actual show itself, the, the meat of it all, head honcho of the boys played by Kyle Urban um, is Billy Butcher. And I, I have to admit, <laughs> I really like the way this, the, this show starts, right? Um, Everything seems, you know, just the typical um, superhero um, shenanigans. You have people being saved, you know, crowds of happy people, um, you know, raising their hands and, and just everything seems fine. Right. And then wallop, you have an event that just starts a domino effect. And I just think it's really good. So um, at this point, if you haven't seen The Boys on Amazon uh, Prime Video, Please go ahead and do so. Um, yeah. And uh, from this point on, we're going to spoil everything that there is to know about yeah. Amazon's uh, The Boys. All right. So, <laughs> episode one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but holy crap. What a way to kill somebody. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. Wow. Um. I I wasn't. I mean, Latria, did you did you see that coming? No. <laughs> I I felt. I was just like waiting for like the kiss, and then he like stopped moving, and I was like, "Wait, what happened? What's going on?" And then I just you see like slowly the splatter of red come across his face in slow motion, and I was like, "And it's just oh no, it's I'm like wait, did she get hit by a bus? Like what happened?" <laughs> It's not even like she got hit and like she so like her like her body flew and hit something else. She got destroyed. She got disintegrated. Like ugh. yeah, all I saw was um, blood splatter and pieces of bone in slow motion, and I was like, yeah, wow. And then when they like <laughs> when they pan down to the street, I'm like, oh god, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, that just that just took me. So right off the bat, they tell the show is telling you, oh, by the way, um, 
you might not want to have something to eat as you're watching. <laughs> Listen, this I knew. I knew I was right. Yeah. So so um basically the the premise is uh you have A Train played by uh, Jesse T. Usher. He's a speedster superhero. And he is quote unquote, he says as the excuse um, on his way to save somebody, but he's actually um, on his way carrying a package, quote unquote. And that's when he runs right into um, main character, uh, Yui Campbell's uh, girlfriend, Yui Campbell, played by Jack Quaid. I have never seen Jack Quaid in anything. Does anybody know where this guy comes from? I can't remember, but I know he's uh, no um, something Quaid, uh, something Quaid in uh, Meg Ryan's son. Uh, was Dennis Quaid? Oh, oh Randy Dennis Quaid or Dennis? Dennis. Oh, he's Dennis Quaid's son. Oh, yeah. You could he he kind of oh, looks I didn't like even a perfect match for both of them. Okay, okay, now that you said Dennis Quaid, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking and at I it. see like the mouth is Meg. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Oh my gosh. That's. Hilarious. Okay. Uh-huh. He was actually in Hunger Games. <laughs> he what? He was he in the Hunger Games? Yeah. He, let me say, what, I couldn't remember but he which character he played, but he was in Hunger Games. Like the first one? Yeah, the first one. Oh, he must have been somebody that died. Because uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall <laughs> his face. Me neither. He played the Hunger Games he played, it says Marvel? What's yeah. Name? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is. he's somebody who. He's not. I'm on my phone. He's not in the first twelve um, members of the cast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. So yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, he plays. He plays an interesting um, uh, main character to me. Um, the idea that he's he's just a really they 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 really doubled down on the fact that he's a really simple guy. Right, mm-hmm. he has a little job at the. At, is that a gas station? Um, no, like it's a like a, a wannabe um, radio show. Where it's just like, um, like one of those... oh, my bad. Yeah, because he's. I was like, where like do you get a radio? People. I mean, a, a gas station. You know, you know why? It's because I'm thinking about how the car crashed in <laughs> into the oh, store. Yeah. In a later episode, uh, he ran yeah. up on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huey, look, Huey was just trying to like get more hours at the store, get a raise, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can tell also that that's he's what he was trying to do with his life. Who stands up for himself? Yeah, um, yeah. It was it's it was just, like his that was his thing, learning how to you know get confidence about himself and who he is. Uh, right. So I have a, another bit of trivia. Um, who's the guy mm-hmm. who plays his dad? Simon Pegg. Yep. They when they yeah. originally made the comics. That's who they. That's who they based who Huey on and his look in the comics, and that's why really? they got him to play his dad because he's oh, too old. Oh, cool! Old now. Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. Because and also this is the first time I've ever heard Simon Pegg not have an English accent. I know. <laughs> so I was like, every time he he would talk, I was like, "What is this voice you're?" <laughs> I can't imagine because I'm so used to him being the quirky British guy on a TV show or a movie. And now there's an American accent coming out of his mouth, and it kind of threw me off a little. <laughs> but um, yeah, basically, so Huey, life is happening to Huey instead of Huey actually affecting anything around him, right? And I really liked um, that his girlfriend actually tried, <laughs> um, but obviously she didn't have enough time um, to actually really 
really push um, the you know that sort of a lesson into him before she got killed. And um, that's basically starting the domino effect, like I said in the first episode. Um, I'm trying to remember if uh, I'm just looking at like a really fast. So um, no, well, that's pretty on. much that's pretty much it for for Huey though. I want oh, to ahead. ask Ken about like the, like the um, the nicknames that the boys have. Is that better explained in the comics? It is. Um, what, what the heck is a mother's milk? <laughs> you do. I will, ooh, the thing. If I, it's been a while since I read it. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of. It's a, the thing with mother's milk is a little much. Um, well, you knew that. Um, basically, in the. <laughs> and I hope I'm not spoiling anything. Should, should I? Well, I'm wondering. Should I go ahead and tell you guys this? Because I'm wondering will they bring it up in later seasons? Oh, um, I mean, they may, Latria, they may. Latria, maybe, maybe we should hold off on that. But anyway, yeah. if mother's milk is basically uh, uh, refers to a disability that he does not actually have in the show. Oh, okay. So, okay. okay. Um. Okay. The female. Well, is all right, actually, we'll leave it at that. Uh, after a, uh, is actually the name shouldn't be. They they should have explained this in the show. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. female. Her character, she's actually named for a line in a poem. Um, let me see if I can remember. Uh, look it up real quick. Like it, where they say the female is the deadliest of the species. Uh huh. Okay. Um, and so it's not just like because I know a lot of people, women, do not like to be referred to as female. Right. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not sure. What is the? Do you know the specific reason, Latria? I do not. Other than. Some okay. people, I guess, like it's like the tone in which they say it is. Very yeah, it's harsh. I feel like it's, it's more or less the connotation behind it. It's like yeah. you, won't, you won't refer to them as a woman, but if if you refer to them as a female, it reduces them to the very base gender qualifier. Or it's almost kind of like a way of getting like getting away with like basically calling them a bitch, but you just say female, mm. kind of. Mm. So I guess that's I don't know. I'm, I could be making that up, but that's just kind of like when I think about it, what I take away from it. So I'm okay. not completely sure. So Billy the Butcher, was he like a murderer? Yes. Okay. Well, that's self-explanatory. And yeah. Frenchie's self-explanatory. Too. Yeah, Frenchie's self-explanatory. Yeah, too. even though he's not, I don't think he's Middle Eastern in the comics. I thought he was French. He's actually Middle Eastern all the time. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's... Yeah, because but he's what I what I take from it is that it comes off more Moroccan. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, where yeah, they they speak, they speak French. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. All right. Does Huey have a nickname in the comic? I'm sorry. Nah, he. Okay. Well, in the because hmm, I, I mean in the comic, I don't know in the comic if he had one because he didn't. I don't, I don't. They just called him Wee Huey. We yeah, because <laughs> okay. I saw it, I was like, it just says we we we. I was like, and I, that's probably something from from um from Butcher because Butcher uses a ton of like phrases from and I I hate that I'm going to butcher this, but I'm pretty sure I am Scottish phrases. Yeah. I uh, believe well, that's, that's correct. Well, yeah, because Garth Ennis is Scottish, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's at least from across the pond, so. Okay, yeah. Billy, a lot of the nicknames that he's using sure. are very UK, very, very um upper upper UK slangs for everything. But anywho. Yeah. Um, um I did find the poem that the species that the female is named for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Rudyard Kipling, and it's called The Female of the Species. It's from 1911. It's really short. Um, okay. Or at least the line is really short that it comes from. When the Himalayan peasant meets the he-bear in his pride, he shouts to scare the monster who will often turn aside. But the she-bear thus accosted rims the peasant tooth and nail, for the female of the species is more deadly than the male. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see by the way she acts in the show. I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe. And, and I'm glad they get, because she played, um, she was originally Katana in um, Suicide Squad. And they actually gave I her knew she looked familiar. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't talk much on that, on, on Suicide Squad either. But then again, um, isn't Katana not very talkative in, in um, DC? Anyway, um, no, she's. Um, it depends. I haven't read a lot of stories with Katana, but she talks when she needs to. She mostly talks okay. to her husband and her boy, but that's a whole nother deal. Okay, but um, so yeah, so um, apart from Yui's story, um, because obviously he's dealing with the trauma of the fact that his girlfriend just got pulverized in front of him. Um, we also introduced to another character who will be like. Like so, um, super focused on, and that's Annie. Annie is um, from, <laughs> she's from Des Moines, <laughs> and she I love all this. Literally love from it. Middle America. I know. <laughs> We're just like, let's find, let's find the most grassroots. <laughs> Seriously. So that way, she so that way we can prove that we can show that you know she grew up with conservative values and. Man, she's just wet behind the ears, and she's just she's just ready to 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 strike it on her own and just live her best life, right? And I I feel so bad because I'm I'm laughing, but her introduction to the seven is just is the worst, the worst thing you could ever do, right? There are some people who meet their their heroes, and the hero might like you know shrug them off, and they realize, oh man, that guy's a real douchebag, right? Mm-hmm. But never have I heard of somebody meeting their hero and then being coerced into performing oral sex on them. Oh, it, this is worse than the show, than the comics. That's what I was saying, Latria, before we started recording. <laughs> like it's, I heard that it was, mm-hmm. it's, it's that, that was actually watered down for the show. It was, and they actually do it a lot. Do, because originally her character was not, was only supposed to be a punching bag for the seven. Oh, like she wasn't really supposed to be a character who like gained autonomy or whatever. But later on, he realized the strength of her character and she did. But um, yeah, but they I think they did it. You know, they did it really well in the show by making a part of the Me Too movement, because otherwise that would be totally. I was about to say they wouldn't have. Yeah, they would have. If they had done that. If they had stuck with that. (laughs) We would have been talking about this show a whole differently. Right. And they decided to make Annie a punching bag all throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Um, and I it, love the way, the way they had, like, basically, she and Huey's characters, um, well, her, whatever, my grammar's off, um, that their characters are kind of like two sides of the same coin. Well, not yes. but they, well, they, they mirror each other. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I love that because you realize they're, I don't know. <clears throat> As Latria was talking about the butcher getting on her nerve and his like one his uh one track mind about getting revenge. What is Vendetta mm-hmm. like around about yeah. the episode? 
Around about episode six, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, the, the complete <laughs> yeah. narrow-sightedness of it all and just completely ignoring everything else that's going around you for yeah, the sake of this Yeah, he didn't want to hear that anybody could possibly have a, you know, a good song. No, 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 they're, they're a superhero. They're all evil. They must die. And yeah. it's just like, okay, sir, but, you know, hear me out. <laughs> when, he, when, he, when Huey was just talking to Starlight and he brought up the shotgun for no reason. Yeah. What the heck? Like, bro. Yeah, it, you can tell that he's, he's somebody who's like completely given up on on any kind of hope, and so mm-hmm. he's just running. He's running off of pure hate. That's all it is. He's just yeah. That's, that's, that's the only thing that that makes him wake up in the morning. The 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 chance to to um, rid this world of superheroes. Um, so uh, well, it's good that we mentioned him because we delve into um, you know this character that just shows up out of nowhere, quote unquote. Um, to you know, to basically introduce to Huey, or at least propose, you know, that he do something about it, which is, hey, join me and my crew, and mm-hmm. we can exact revenge. And I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew exactly that Huey would buckle and be like, no, <laughs> and and try to go back to his life, and then realize that it's too. What happened was too traumatic. Especially for the fact that um, was it A Train's lawyer tries to tries to like give him like what was it like forty five k? Can you imagine something yeah. happens to your loved one, and the lawyer for the yeah. person who caused the damage says, "Hey, if you k- take forty five k and be silent, yeah. we won't we won't um, delve into this because you know if you bring this to court, we'll destroy you." What? I mean, now I might have taken a deal if it was like four million. Like, give me something I can do something with. Forty-five thousand? No. What? Forty-five thousand? That's even. That's, that's less than no. a salary. Yeah, that's <laughs> not enough. That Are was a kidding? joke. Mm, no. So that was the slap in the face. That was that, and I believe the the non-apology of A that was that was the straw that broke Kano's back, and then he was like, "You know what? Fine, I need to do something about this." And um, mm-hmm. he he gains a a little testicle from that. <laughs> Not a little wee testicle. A wee testicle. <laughs> um, we're also introduced to um, Homelander and Captain Terrace. My, my God. <laughs> If there was ever a character My that goodness. I love to hate in this show, it's Homelander, played by Seriously. Anthony Starr. Like, his Ooh. mouth, his lips got on my nerves all eight episodes. I Ooh, just wanted yeah. to I just wanted to punch him in his little thin lips. Oh, I cannot stand his mouth. Oh, they, they, oh, they captured his look perfectly from the comics, too. I saw the hair. Oh my god! I had to Google to see what the actual actor looks like. Wow, Mm -hmm. what a transformation! Yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Hair and makeup needs an Emmy for that because wow. You're like, can he be this really this much of a douche in the kind in the real life? No, he's not. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, the character right off the bat comes off as completely self-serving. There is nothing genuine or sincere about this guy. I, I mean, I'm sorry. There's, no. there's absolutely nothing. Everything is a toothy grin to hide some kind of a plot to 
to basically protect his own reputation because it's revealed in the first episode that this all the superheroes in the seven they just they exist to just um you know sort of prop up Vought, which is the company that yeah. you know employs them that's pretty much it they're like um, plants yeah pretty much they they are here not so much to save people but sort of to rack up points because um, mm-hmm. you know during the first meeting they're talking about their social media standings and how much people are, are liking their videos and whatnot and where they rank in terms of, you know, the audience or the the um, general populace, um, like popularity. It's all meant to to show us just how much of a charade all this is. And honestly, um, Annie, yeah, and pff, honestly, Annie, who is our, our sort of audience surrogate, I mean, she's disgusted. But then again, she's in too deep, she realizes, and she can't leave now. Because if she if she leaves now, she goes back to Des Moines. <laughs> but also, how do you know they won't kill you? Like, you, well, you, you've seen too much. <laughs> yeah, you, you've seen You've seen, <laughs> you've seen too, much. too much. Um, I hate the idea that, I and I didn't touch on this, the idea of how uh, the deep actually how he coerces her into doing this is pretty much by saying, by literally just letting her know that everything here is social media driven. All I have to say is that you joined the team. It wasn't what you thought. You went crazy. And yeah, that's it. And your whole reputation is tarnished. Mm. But you can avoid all of that if you just do this one thing. And of course, because she doesn't know how everything works so far, she is freaked out into you know doing as he says. And um, but yeah, and, also and it shows mm-hmm. how, but how, and it and it kind of plays into the idea of her character after over the season, how she's been conditioned to be this certain type of person, and she actually comes into her own to yeah. start thinking for herself. Um, and that's what I like about it. It's kind of like she. It, it's kind of like they, even though they took it there to an uncomfortable place, they mm-hmm. made it work really well. And, you know, I think they made yeah, it relatable it, probably for a lot of people, men and women. I I really liked um, her evolution. Um, and I also like the fact that she wasn't just blindly falling for Huey. It was one of those things that because sooner or later, um, in later episodes, she feels really hurt because Huey has to make a choice whether or not he wants to be genuinely honest with her. Mm-hmm. Or use her star power and her influence to get what he want, what he needs for the boys, and the hurt that's on her face when she realizes, oh, oh, I'm just a connection for you. You you just need a you need an interview with this guy. Okay, I I, I see what I see what's going on here. You didn't really care about me. You just wanted to get close to this one person that you claim to be really into. That's fine. And I and I I hate the downcast look on her face where she realizes that you know what. Everybody's shit. So why why even bother? And yeah. Um, you also introduced to the other characters. You have Queen Maeve, um, the only other woman on the on the seven on the team. Um, mm. Maeve have a, has an interesting arc herself um, throughout the story. It's not as strong as everybody else, mm. um, but Maeve seems to be Maeve seems to be sort of like what you would imagine Annie to be if Annie was there for many years and she just got into the into the habit and the rhythm of right. things and she just didn't even bother trying to fight it. Well that's why it's almost kind of like it makes sense for her to just kind of like be in the background 
mm-hmm. and like ambiguous because it it's just it's how she feels. She's so jaded because you know she got into it like wanting to save the innocent and you know wanting to really be a hero, and then she got in and realized, no, nah, we're just here for profit. Yeah. And right. So, and so I, at this point, she's just she's basically kind of like, you know, your alcoholic auntie. Like she's just there so she won't get fined. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's it. So it makes perfect sense for her to just kind of be lurking in the background, just looking, exactly. looking off into the distance. That's <laughs> that's a really good touch too, because because somebody who's just sort of half like sort of half-assedly looking at the show. Would just assume that oh they forgot to to sort of work on Maeve, mm-hmm. but like Latria said, that's exactly what you want. You want her to be somebody who you only notice in a scene when she sort of speaks up for whatever two or, or three lines. Right. You realize oh wait, there's a there is another woman on the team. Oh whoa, she's pretty strong. Uh, I you know or, or something like that. It's, she just she's mm-hmm. just there, and that's exactly what they want Annie to turn into as well. The other men on the team, you know, you're just there so that way. We, we so that way people the audience will be like oh there's another woman and so we're not just like a, a giant meat it's not just a giant meat fest so All right so yeah and of course you're introduced to um as well um translucent um who is a giant perf oh my god yeah giant perf um in the scene where Maeve is basically you know telling uh, what's her name to Annie you know don't let them see you cry after this, the scene is immediately undercut by the fact that Translucent is also in the ladies' restroom, and we find out he's been spying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but anyways, uh, it's good that we ended on Translucent I, because I, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make like a quick joke. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine said that his real his nudes are his. His nudes are what? A what? Power. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the ball really starts when when Huey decides, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help out um, the boys essentially, or I'm gonna help out Butcher at first to bug essentially um, the tower that all of the seven are actually in. And you know, through whatever shenanigans that they set up, he's actually able to do that. Unfortunately, because they didn't account for translucent. Translucent finds the bug and then comes after Huey, and that's when they have to actually capture him. And then shit really goes sideways. <laughs> because well, also, Huey, mm-hmm. first of all, and Huey wasn't the smoothest. No, he was not. Wasn't the smooth, smoothest like spy. So he was like very obvious in his movements and like looking around and just acting suspicious. So I was like, you about to get caught because my God. It is very apparent, and you guys chime in. Let me let me let me know if, if you feel like I'm going in the right direction. But it's very apparent that Butcher sees himself, his very early self, in Huey. Right, somebody who doesn't stand up for themselves, somebody who is kind of spineless and cowardly, and will just run away if things get really difficult. So he's trying to goad. He's trying to sort of kickstart that fire in Huey that will eventually turn into just constant hate that Butcher feels all the time whenever someone mentions soups, right? And so it's slow, it's slowly happening, um, but, you know, Huey's going to fuck up all the way <laughs> through everything, um, mm. which is actually funny because I actually like that after a while, Huey realizes that that's actually his superpower. His superpower is his naivete and his 
his sort of awkwardness and people will just go along with him and be like, huh, I don't know. He's just an awkward guy. And I, and I really like that <laughs> because it's, again, it's Butcher who underestimates him and the fact that Yui, Yui needs to be his own person. He needs to be independent. But anyways, that's for later on. But, but yeah, and that's, that's essentially the stage that they set for the show. Of course, Vought is the company that is employing all of the, um, all of the, the superheroes and they're pretty much made up to be the evil corporation that you would expect from any kind of company who whose only purpose is literally just to make profit off of naive fans who only follow the um, superheroes through their staged rescues, right? And um, very disingenuous, um, you know, interviews and um, sightings and all that kind of stuff. It, the whole thing is really gross. And of course, finally you're introduced to what's her name. Um, I think it's, her name is Miss Steelwell. Yeah, Steelwell. Yeah. yeah, so Steelwell is the person who's like the second in charge of what she's the one who, who handles everything in terms of the, the org, the, the um, deploying all the heroes and managing all of their sort of social media standings and creating, crafting this narrative so that way the most profit is sort of acquired for that company. Um, yeah, and basically the the episode um, ends with you seeing just how much of a dick um, Homelander is because he blasts an entire um, plane out of the sky only because um, I think it was Stillwell, she was trying to blackmail. Um, mm-hmm. She was trying to um, blackmail one of the senators to basically buy one of the um, one of the lesser superheroes for their city, and he didn't buy it. And then he started threatening her about this chemical um, chemical V, which we'll you know talk about more throughout the show. And yeah, because well, it was, of it was hello. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. I, was, I was saying it's actually kind of the reverse. He was trying to blackmail her to getting a cheaper price. Yeah. Right, and then when she wouldn't budge, he he basically oh, okay. brings up. Then he brings up um, chemic the the V, basically. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. and um, you know the funny part about that scene is when I watched back the first episode, I realized that as they're having this conversation in the background, um, Homelander streaks past the window in the distance. Mm-hmm. That's how he heard the conversation, and that's why he took the plane. Well, remember, he had been. We found out later that he had basically been like spying on her through her wall. Like right in the hallway, so I feel like he was probably doing. He did that first, and then mm-hmm. went by, like, flew and then by. streaked past the, the the window. But yeah, yeah. this this dude. Um, yeah. But I knew but anyways, as soon as that little boy saw him, I said, "Oh shit, he about to." Sleep. I was like, "Please don't, please don't blow this yeah. plane down." I knew he and, was about to. Uh-uh. And wow. But anyways, um, yeah. So most of the the show is just basically. The, the the boys, um, you know, you meeting more of his of their um, their companions. You have Frenchie, um, who's well, um, as the name suggests, a, a French guy, basically. And I think Frenchie is all about bombs. Um, am I correct, Ken? I was saying technology. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Cool. And so that's and then Mother's Make would be surveillance essentially. Um, um. So. 
Go ahead. I'm, I, I'm just trying to remember. Because, yeah, because I remember that uh, Mother's Milk, he has connections, I think, with... I don't remember what the connection was, but he was mostly for surveillance. And Frenchie would be, I guess, quote-unquote, tech support, like what you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, so, like, and, and weaponry. Right. And, you know, they have to... They are forced to to really putting together the team even faster and sort of really trying to crack the case of of um, like how do we how do we um, how do we get back at these soups right and so they realize that all they have to do is just look deeper into um, basically what's his name um, A Train and they realize that the the big sort of MacGuffin for the entire show is basically the V that compound V. And um, eventually, uh, through all the machinations of the boys, you realize that V, that all the soups that you've been talking about, that you've been seeing, they weren't actually natural phenomenon. They were not yeah. created by God. They were not created by They Rose told God. us. Yeah, they're just um, uh, babies or people who've been experimented on. And that's pretty much it. And of course, you see the side effect of some of the exper experimentation is it causes addiction. So for somebody like A-Train and his girlfriend, Popclaw, you know, that is the, that is the right. addictive power of, of um, V. And yeah. that, that is the reason that, that they're giving that as the reason why he crashed into Huey's um, girlfriend in the very beginning of the, of the season. But yep, um, he was jacked up on that stuff. Yeah, and trying to get to his drop spot, right? And the funny thing is that the way they the way they modeled A Train, it really makes him look like it really mirrors like how you have doping in sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so you have it. It feels very much like an Olympic um, runner, and you know every time he talks to his brother, he's like, "You you don't steal that stuff, right?" No, man, I told you, I'm, I'm off that stuff. I'm off that. I'm off that stuff. <laughs> All I can think of. Is, I don't know why I didn't realize this before, but I don't know why I didn't realize this before, but I love the way they made them a, um, a, a codependent couple. Who, him, him and his brother? Him and the brother or him and the girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Pop Claw. Like, really? That was a stupidest name. Yeah, they, yes, they didn't really try for that. But, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> I wanted exactly. to bring up, um, mm -hmm. I noticed, and I didn't know if it was just me seeing this or if they actually did that. So did everyone, did all the superheroes know that they weren't created by God? Because I, I understood that like um, Homelander, cause he brought up like, you know, he knew he was like raised in the lab. Right. So like, okay. So you knew from the beginning that you were created this way, but right. did the other, I didn't get the inclination that the other superheroes knew. And now I'm not talking about Annie, but I mean like Queen May, the Deep, all of them. Um, I don't think they knew. If the, or I, well, they didn't. You don't know right. if they knew or not. Yeah, I right. think they probably knew yeah. because Homelander seems like the type of guy who's not who's going to tell everybody. Right. Okay. Also, um, also, I well, can't no. really see. I can't really see that secret being something that would cause any of the other soups that we've seen in the seven to really blab about it because it's in their best interest to keep all that quiet anyway. So yeah. I don't see, I don't see why Stillwell or Homelander more would just, wouldn't just tell them. 
right? Um, because I mean, like, what do you? What are they going to do, right? If they, if they, if they, any sign of of insubordination, we'll just kill them. So mm-hmm. yeah, I have to, I have a feeling that they they all know. And yeah. is it? I'm guessing was he like the very first superhero they created, Homelander? I'm wondering. Um, what do you think, Ken? Because he's like super indestructible. So I'm wondering if like he was the very first one they made and then they made the others. Um, Homelander, um no, he's not, and they'll delve into that probably in like the next season. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because maybe I was under the impression from when they showed his origin story late um in the in the um back end of the season, it made it seem like as if it wasn't that he was the first, but it was that he was the strongest that oh, they've made. Right. Like they really, they really push the science behind uh, Compound V and out comes Homelander. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Okay. So it was in the comics based on a Nazi experiment. Okay. Oh, those Nazis. <laughs> Pretty much. And I'm also wondering like why they just didn't revolt against Vought. Like y'all could literally obliterate everybody in that company. Wait, when you say revolt, what like the, you, the you mean like the superheroes? Like it's like y'all are like clocking in every day, and it's just kind of like why? Because well, in because my opinion, nobody can y'all are indestructible. Well, except for no, you know, only only Homelander. But so only Homelander and Translucent and uh, Queen Maeve to a certain extent, I believe. But the thing what is to is I think the show is trying to let us know that. Even though these people have superpowers, they are very shallow. Their image means way more than the fact that I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the driving factor behind why. Why don't I just turn around and just say, you know what? F it. I'm going to take over this entire building. But then all of your social media numbers will go down. Everyone think you're a villain. No one will like you. And yeah. You can see, and you can see too. Whenever um, Homelander shows up on the scene, he soaks that shit up. People are like, "Oh my god, it's Homelander! Mm-hmm. Oh my god, can I get a can I get a selfie with you?" It, he's soaking that up. That is the thing that makes him wake up every morning. If he doesn't get that, then it's 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 just oh, I'm I'm the best, and I can do whatever I want to. But that's not enough for him. So that that's what I got from it, at least. Okay. And speaking of which. That brings me to the deleted scene that I, I was going to tell you about, Latria. Okay. So there, there's, a, there's apparently a deleted scene in, from this show where Amazon, when they presented it to Amazon, Amazon was like, hell no. <laughs> so at some point it, during the, the um, when Homelander has a follow with Miss Stilwell because she won't let him be more... Um, autonomous about his own image and what he wants to present to the public. He basically, because he's a big child, which is revealed, he basically just mopes away to the very top of the building at Vought, pulls his his pants down and starts jerking off over New York City. (laughs) Yeah, no. All the time mumbling, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And then finally he climaxes all over New York City. So it like covers the entire city basically. No, I mean like he no, 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 no. It's just like regular, just normal. Uh. Just like yeah. So somebody who's all the way at the bottom of this building, you know, they might 
get something in their yeah. in their hair. Well, I mean, you definitely you see the the moments of him being a baby because Stillwell is like, I was like, why is she cuddling this man, like cradling this man's head in her bosom? Because like, she... I thought he was about to like, you know, suck on her titty for a minute because I was like, what? <laughs> she got to pull out her nipple. I was like, I thought the same thing. Out? I am turning this shit off. I was like, you better Game of Thrones this. this. Like, I was, I was like, I was about to be like, Amazon, we're not doing this. Cause she like unbuttoned her shirt. I said, "No, ma'am, you are not." And she was like tugging at her bra. I said, "Oh my god, please do." I she, she literally treated him like her child, and and I was like, "What is he got? Oh, he got mommy issues." Real. Right. It was it was such a weird. Their relationship was so weird, but I think she went along with it just to control him. Exactly. Because she was scared of him. That was the only reason why. We found out at the end because she was terrified. And I will yeah. be too because all he has to do is just look at you with them red laser eyes. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. I'm just, gone. The thing that I... He was so jealous of her baby? Yeah, I was it's like, daddy. It's a baby. Is daddy? What did daddy was, come from? Oh, I thought I was... Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, um, all throughout the, the show, like, I was trying to figure out, like, who is the who's the child's father? Like, are they trying to allude to the fact that Homelander might be? Because honestly, I can't see Homelander doing that. And in any case, didn't they didn't they allude to the fact that um, the soups? Some of them are like um, they can't reproduce. Like, doesn't that stunt something about them? Didn't they reveal that um, in the show? Makes them impotent. <clears throat> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they, they mentioned that apparently Translucent had kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it obviously man. didn't affect him because remember when he was I think somebody, I, I don't know who said it but oh I think Annie, Annie was telling Huey and they're like yeah because he usually goes to see his kids and then that's when right. Huey was like shit yeah. <laughs> like, like, he oh, won't be yeah. seeing them anymore I'm a, I'm a whole murderer aren't I right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but I think it was probably because I think they probably alluded to the fact that Homelander is impotent like that's it he's just He's essentially a Ken doll. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's pretty much it. And But yeah, I totally agree with what you were saying, um, Ken. It really felt like as if um, she, um, Stillwell, is frightened of Homelander. And she is mm-hmm. using what she knows about his psyche to sort of influence what he does next. Because yeah. whenever he- I know, I noticed whenever he would tell her something like, some crazy shit that he did or wants to do. Like, you can immediately tell in her eyes, she's like, oh, my God. Like, she's like, shit, shit, shit. And then shit, she, like, I, flips because she realizes, like, okay, I got it. Like, I can't show my fear. So mm-hmm. she, like, immediately turns it around and, like, becomes, like, sexual with him to kind of, like, you know, get his mind off of, like, whatever he just said. And I'm like, yeah. And I like the she's fact terrified. that because of his superpower, he knows all of that. He knows her heart rate is is racing. She can hear every twitch, every little every little um, change in you know whatever body mechanic is going on, and so he probably knows that she's like she's freaking out, but he doesn't care because he's getting nurtured. For once, she's not looking after the baby; she's mm-hmm. paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, about me, right? Um, I'm trying to think of uh, other sort of um, reveals. Um, the idea that basically the, the boys start basically blackmailing Popclaw. 
and it's then the whole scene of her basically she's so distraught over the fact that um um a train will not like proclaim her as his girlfriend on tv because vod is forcing him to pretend to be single because if he's single it'll erase his social media standing <laughs> and then she decides to shoot up with compound v and essentially sit on on the landlord's face to death mm-hmm. i i was like i had the same reaction of the guys watching it on surveillance i was like i know oh my god <laughs> they're because when Huey was like oh my god we gotta go and they're like no wait and, and then, then it happened and like two seconds later and it's like damn and you could tell, like, Mother's Nick was like, ooh, yeah, maybe we should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Oh, we handled that. It's okay. <laughs> but I like how she did not even realize what she did until when she looked up. And I was like, you didn't feel that? You didn't hear that crunch? You just crushed somebody's I, skull? I heard it. You didn't feel that it just, his face caved in? That must have been so scary for guys at home watching. <laughs> Please, God, don't let this happen to me. <laughs> like, hey, babe, so we're not going to do this again. Uh, <laughs> we're going to switch it up. <laughs> there, needs, there needs to be a, a post-the-boys-viewing grace period, and right. then we can resume regular regular fetish activities. <laughs> we're going to put a moratorium on this for 90 days, and then we'll come back. <laughs> we'll revisit this at a later time. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anything notable that you guys want to talk about throughout the season? Because, like I said, um, it it's basically just a cat and mouse game, right? It's it's the boys are trying to find more and more dirt to really take it to um, the seven, and then in the meantime, what's happening is uh, Homelander is getting closer and closer to finding out who is the person who killed uh, Translucent, and because right. obviously the person who killed Translucent. Uh, is somehow tied to A Train, um, and the and the the whole controversy at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the season, and yeah. then that in turn is tied to Compound V, and it is very imperative yeah. to somebody like um, to obviously Vought and to Homelander that they keep Compound V under wraps. Yeah, I hate I hate how intuitive he was because I'm just like no stop. Yeah. like he like it was like two seconds. After Translucent was gone, he's like, where's Translucent? Nobody's heard from him. Should we be looking for him? And I'm like, man, man, shut up. <laughs> every time, every I time Homelander. Like, right at the gate, I was like, man, he is like on it. Every time he got closer, my heart kind of skipped. Right. Because again, it was one of those things where, like we said at all of the, of the show, you don't have to actually show him using his powers to make it really freak, um, freaking scary. Because he would show up, like how he showed up. Um, in front of Frenchie's van. And it's, he was probably, like, it's also just because you know what he can do. And so yeah. you're just like, is he going to do it or is he just going to talk? Like, what's going to happen? It was very smart of them to show him basically take down a plate in the, in the first episode. So that way they'd be like, right. okay, this is the extreme of what he can do. So yeah. no, he can do that whenever he wants to, basically, as, as, as long as the, he's able to cover it up. So when he shows up for, um, in front of Frenchie in the van... I was like, well, it's been fun knowing Frenchie. <laughs> I was like, he's probably he's probably gonna die. And you know, when they were able to just sort of distract him somewhere else, I was like, Whew. I still don't even get how Billy got out that van without making noise. 
I <laughs> like and how he because where he was like hiding from like behind that dumpster, I was like, that's a good run or walk from the van. Like it wasn't just right there. So he yeah. could have like seen you out the corner of his eye or something, you know. Frenchies. I was like, I don't know how what kind of stealth mode he has, but he made it out that van without making noise. Frenchie's uh bu- um bullshit game is probably on a hundred. So mm-hmm. uh, props to him. Um, yeah. I also I also want to talk about the the very seedy underground of the pleasures of superheroes because I swear to God this is where we first meet the oh Evan- my God the girl was guy. it Gabriel what's his name the- his name um, his name is Ezekiel Ezekiel yeah so we first meet Ezekiel who is apparently we didn't even realize at the time because he's seen his major scenes come after. But we see him in this underground club for supers, mm-hmm. indulging in in matters of the flesh with his. Hello? Hello? He went on mute. He done hit mute. <sighs> Hello? Hello? Yes. Excellent. Awesome. Sorry about what that. What happened? I have no idea. <laughs> I was just talking, and all of a sudden, I heard you say you're on mute, and I was like, I, I, I scrambled to see, and all of a sudden, I see a slash across my microphone. So, yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, what was I? What was I saying before I got um, muted? I don't know. I'm old. <laughs> I forgot just that fact. Um, I think. I think. Yeah, we were talking about Ezekiel. So I was saying that that scene on the underground, um, you know, where all the soups go to, you know, you know, do wild shit and whatever their superpowers. I thought that scene was shot very well because um, the little details, for example, um, there was that one super who could turn himself really small, and you saw him take like a running start to jump into the in between the legs of a woman. Yeah, I did not. I missed that. You didn't see that? No. The whole scene as they pan across the room is just full of these little cameos of superheroes doing doing naughty shit with their powers. I just remember Ezekiel and his like go-go gadget arms. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It is it is an insane scene. And then of course you meet Ezekiel in a in a later episode where apparently they're having uh I guess what would you call it? Like a crusade, a believe expo is what they're calling it. Oh, cool. Um, and that was after, oh, we definitely have to talk about this. Before we hit Ezekiel, let's talk about the fact that essentially the worst thing you, you could ever see on a superhero show happen, which is a, the superheroes let a plane go down. Actually, so in the comics, mm-hmm. that was... um. They couldn't do what they did in the comics. Because what they did in the comics actually was, um, that was September 11th. Oh, man. What? Yeah, they, um, the plane was the plane from September 11th that they failed to save. Uh And in the comics, instead of it taking down the towers, um, because of their failure, because the superheroes really aren't trained in their powers and stuff. They're kind of figureheads. Mm -hmm. Um, they destroy the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, whoa. So that's how, but the, the scene was pretty much. I don't, I don't, I won't say what exact, but it was trying to give you that same energy 
Yeah. Or that same flavor of them like being totally worthless. Yeah. It's like Highlander's like, do you really expect me to try to save these people? Come on, let's go. Let's try to save these kids for what? <laughs> and you can Queen May thing? fly? She can't fly on her own. No, right? she can't fly. Okay. She can't fly. She definitely can't fly. So when I saw that scene, because the scene plays out, it, it's so crazy. At first, I thought yeah. he was going to come onto the plane and, you know, he, he says everybody and it's uh, it's one of those cheesy things where it's like, uh, yeah. um, you know, we, we're only doing this because we just want the, the upvotes on social media and whatever. And then it can prove, um, it can prove to the senators who um, do not want to, um, do not want to employ superheroes for military stuff and for international incidents. Mm-hmm. It can prove to them that, hey, these guys are actually good at doing stuff that's that's off offsite off America, right? So that's what I thought was gonna happen. And then when they realize that there's a there's a, another terrorist in the cockpit and he shoots, he kills the terrorist, that's but then when destroys I knew it was it was about to go. Oh so I was God. like, damn, we were almost yeah. to the ground. It was so we were so close. And they, and I knew I was with, like, wait a minute, that door isn't open. And when she knocked on the door, I said, somebody in there. Mm. His reaction is priceless. She is pleading. This is where you see Queen May's her morality is really calling to is she's really no, she's really like, okay, we need to try to do the right thing here. But he's just like indifferent. He's like, people die every day. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't save everybody. And and she's like, can't you like try to steer the plane? And he's just like, have you not seen the dashboard? I destroyed it. So she's like, well, why don't you fly outside and like hold the plane up? He's like, hold the plane up against what? There's no ground for me to stand on. <laughs> like, what? But are I he can fly. That was, I didn't buy that. So, so she's he, she's like, even if I did try, I'd probably slow down the plane a little bit, but it's probably still going to crash anyway. And it just hit me how sort of like unreal some of the stuff that I've seen already, like, or read on, on comic books is. But it's just like, you can try to save the day. But I mean, chances are, if you're not trained, it's just going to go sideways all the time. The idea that they were giving the people, they were gaslighting the people and giving them false hope, that pissed me off so much. I just, I was cringing through the entire scene because yeah. he's all like, yeah, we're just going to, Go outside for a bit. We're coming back inside, but everything's going to be fine. Everybody just calm down. And then the dawning comprehension on everybody's face when they realize that these two superheroes that we have been raising up for so long, they're literally going to just abandon us. They're going to let this plane go down. And his anger towards them about to riot, it's just insane. I'm happy that they didn't actually show the plane crash. They just yeah. showed, and it, they just showed them levitating there in the air, watching the plane vanish into the clouds, into the distance, because we know what's going to happen next. Right. Yeah, that scene was just wild, wild to me, beyond. I have never seen something on TV before, and I think that's when I realized, wow, this show it sets yeah. itself apart from the others. And then the way the way he flipped it. Like in the whole interview when he was talking to Stillwell, I was like, my God, like this dude is, he is truly diabolical. This is, he is, wow, what a piece of shit. Because, mm-hmm. because the thing about it is though, Maeve is extremely torn about it, right? 
Mm-hmm. But it, but but what it was though, like the how torn up she was was like real emotion. But in that moment when he was like giving his interview, it made it seem like she was torn up because of what he was saying. I was like, no, it was because that they know they just let these one hundred thirty people die. Mm-hmm. So it, it it looked, you know, so from like you know people watching TV, it looks like oh my gosh, she's really sad about what happened. But in reality, she's just like. We literally just murdered all these folks, these women, children, men. But he's definitely like just soaking it up and using it to his advantage with his speech. And I was like, what an ass. It's, it's, it's creepy. It is nothing is nothing short of, of pure of pure evil right there. That's when I was like, okay, this guy's irredeemable. There's nothing he can do now okay. to actually make up for what, what all this is about. And the the funny thing like, is, I can here have you see, sympathy for just about every other superhero but him. Mm-hmm. And the thing I, I want to also point out too is this: when Ken mentioned how Stillwell is afraid of Homelander, I noticed here too how Queen Maeve has to dance around him too. So she can she can show that she's distraught over it, but she can't be upset with him because all he yeah, has she to ain't do gonna is, get up in his face. Yeah, she, because he could just snap her neck. Or just, That's it. you know, burn her to the Anything, right? Yeah. So she has to find a way to communicate to him that, hey, what we did, that's not cool, man. Like, I don't want to be a part of that shit. But she can't be, like, completely blatant about it because he'll just see her as an enemy and then he'll find a way to take her out discreetly. Right. So, yeah, that too made me, like, cringe. Just, yeah, that's just gross. Anywho, and then you come to the the other um, major thing, which was the um, the what was it the the Believe Expo? <laughs> yeah, the Christian and, conference. Okay, so here's basically. the deal. <laughs> so I can just imagine like people who are are devout um, religious people watching this episode. That's episode five. First just, of all, no, Ali, they wouldn't it's... even make it ten minutes into the first episode, so they would not be watching. They would not have gotten this far. <laughs> okay, you know what? Facts. <laughs> they would not have gotten this Facts. far. Facts. But this is clearly meant to throw shade at um, evangelicals and crusades, pretty mm-hmm. much. And I love how throughout the episode, um, Annie, because this is back in, um, I think it's Annie's, uh, is it that her her people have come to um, New York, I think? Or is it that she's gone back home? No. She went back home. Yeah. Okay, so she's gone back home. Because the reason why I ask is because the guys actually went all the way to Des Moines with with Huey? Wait, are you talking about the the camp? The The crusade. um, crusade? Yeah, the believe expo. That wasn't in Des Moines. I think that was someplace else. Oh, okay. Because she kept on saying that... Yeah, because didn't she say that, hey, I felt everything feels different now? Like I thought, if I just, yeah, I think I thought if I just went back, it would feel the same because I've been having such a shit time on the seven. But then everything seems very, everything now seems a lot different. Well, it's because she, she and her mother used to go around to those events all over the country. Oh, so that's what she's talking about. She's talking about not the fact that she's going back home, but because mm-hmm. she's in an, she's at an event that feels familiar and reminds her of back home. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's something she's used to doing. It was like, she grew up, like, you know, her mom basically set her up to become a super. And exactly. to, you know, be 
this religious figure. I mean, she she's starlight. I mean, she's supposed to be like a, a woman version of Jesus almost, like pure, like a, a combination of Jesus and Mary in uh, in a sense, like this you uh, beautiful, powerful virgin um, character. So they kind of wrote her story in that way, and that's you know. It's it's a very interesting take on the whole stage mom concept. Yeah, because all throughout the show, that's exactly what her mother is coming off like. She's like one of those uh, moms who basically dresses up her daughter, takes her around to pageants and whatnot. Yeah, that's what it feels like. She's everything's an artificial. Stage mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I liked how throughout that episode, you know, Annie's looking around at things that she thought was familiar, but then she realizes just how twisted it's gotten. So for example, now you see things like, um, you know, things that feel anti, anti-immigrant, things that feel anti-LGBTQ, things that feel anti-sex um, before marriage, you know, anti-choice, all that stuff is all like just plastered around the entire event. And she realizes, oh shit, I've been taking these things for granted, and now, <laughs> and now it feels like as if these things actually now they feel like as if they're taking agency away from people, and it feels highly discriminati- um, discriminatory, and I feel gross, <laughs> pretty much. So, so it it even it drives home the point even more when Huey, who is being forced to, um, you know, basically coerce um, Annie, comes up to her and is like, "Hey, I." Could you like pull strings to get me an interview or whatever with that guy, the, you know, Ezekiel? Uh, and that's the point I was telling you about where I felt like as if, um, yeah, that's when her faith in Huey started to wane significantly. Because she realized that, wow, is he this one guy whom I thought was different from all the rest? Is he just like everybody else? Somebody who's just trying to use me? That's it? So, Yeah. What do you all think? I do like how Annie was practically naive, like from like the actual bigger picture of what was going on with Vaught up until like the very end. I do appreciate her at least still being able to keep a little bit of her innocence and like what and like what she knew. Like she knew that they were corrupt, but she didn't, you know, especially finding out that like, oh, wait, we aren't created by God. We're actually just man-made in a lab. And her mama sold her out to be like extraordinary apparently. Yeah. And and it is crazy that it came on the heels of Yui. She finds out because Yui decides, okay, you know what? Why don't I just try to be honest with her? But that mm-hmm. doesn't it's it's too little too late at that point because yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm 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 already I've already resigned to the fact that, you know, you use me, and now you're telling me. You now you're telling me not only did you use me, but you're giving me information to tell me that my mother used me. Yeah, but I'm Perhaps. yeah. I'm gl- I'm just glad it wasn't earlier. I'm glad she found out when she did. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, other major events uh, that pretty much happened. Of course, um, Ken talked at the beginning of the of the show about the female who is the Asian girl who joins the boys after they've um, basically helped, basically they broke her out of um, like an underground sort of research facility where they're testing people on Compound V. Yeah. 
Oh, Kamiko. sorry. They're, they're yeah, they're testing Compound V on people. Um, so uh, there's that. Um, the return of um, <laughs> um, Haley Joel Osment, Os Osment from um, uh, oh, uh, Six Sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be on this show. I was, I like, was like, when I saw him, I was like, wait, it, I saw those eyes and I was like, that is not who I think that is. And then I was like, where did he become a middle-aged man with a dad bod? Like, what, is, what happened? This he, saw, he saw dead people and just got to, took to the bottle. Oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you like this, Latria? <laughs> I just I don't understand what happens. So the funny thing is, I I have seen pictures of him before, um, because he was in um, a couple of episodes of Silicon Valley, where he was like that as well. And so I just by that point I was like, okay, so this is the new him. Okay, I guess this is his extreme way of breaking out of being typecasted anymore. I guess. Or maybe he's just comfortable. Yeah. Right. Also, because if you think about it too, like if he had stayed that way, um, he's a really short person in real life. By the way, he's like yeah, you could tell. I think I think he's like he's, <laughs> I think I think he's like five four, oh, and so he could have been easily typecasted because he has he he's always had a young face. Yeah. And so I, if I I kind of feel like as if part of this is him saying no, you are not going to cast me as this. I'm going to grow a beard. Right. So. So, uh, yeah, uh, anything uh, noteworthy before we talk about the finale? Um, I would just like to say how I was just completely wrong. All my theories were wrong. Well, most of it I had Googled, but then I, I still think it was wrong. They must have like taken some you know, creative liberty with the TV show. But what I thought I knew, it was wrong. <laughs> I thought what they were heading towards... And what I'm was... talking about is referring to Billy Butcher's wife. Oh. I was, I was completely wrong in how that all was playing out. What did so what you I think? thought, though, because I had... Because when I started watching it, I think when I was in episode one, I was like, let me just Google to find out, like, what the heck is this about? Because, you know, I had no clue what it was about. And so I had read that he, like, his wife had gotten raped and killed by a super. And so that's why he was on this whole, like, revenge plot. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. So I was like, I went with that, like, throughout the whole thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, she was. Like, you know, she was raped and killed. And then when I got to the episode where they showed uh, Captain Terrorist, escort her into that room. And then I was like, hmm. And then she came out, like, looking on the show. And I was like, well, was she raped? Or did they just have, like, rough sex? And I was kind of confused. But I decided to still go with rape because I was like, he's an ass. So I'm still going to say it was rape. Um and then, you know, I still figured, I was like, okay, she's dead because I've, I mean, eight years. Like, what, where's she going to be? Then we got close and close to the end. Then we got to the end, of course, and I was like, wait. Wait. <laughs> so the whole thing about, you know, well, I don't know, are we there yet? About the, the 
What happened yeah. after the sex? Okay. So yeah, the whole thing about the pregnancy, well, mm-hmm. the first lie he was told that Homelander was told, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so I was I was a little shocked. But then, you know, the guy cleaned it up and was like, oh, but, you know, she didn't make it because the baby clawed out of her and she died immediately and the baby died like 10 seconds later. And I was like, okay, so yeah, she is dead. And I thought yeah, that was it. <laughs> They took so some that was it comics then. there, and and they did and they um kind of switched it around a bit. So what was in the comics? In the comics, he raped her. He did rape her, and but he I don't think the butcher didn't know. And his wife um like she did die because the baby basically eye beamed its way out of the body, Ugh. burning her up, and they had to kill the baby. Okay. So that's how it happened in the comics, but of course. Yeah, they put a twist on that, which was interesting. Um, I mean, they kind of foreshadowed it a bit. But um, so that was the actual. So that was the thing about the what I mixed up about the impotency. It's not that it's not supers are um, some supers are impotent. It's that supers mm-hmm. and regular people shouldn't mm-hmm. be mating because what's going to happen is that person is more likely going to die from no, whatever. No, they, just, they did say that though that they're impotent. Oh, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they, then, how do they explain didn't make that up? They said it oh, okay. was legit, like it was like nature will find a way. Mm, oh. Just like in Twilight, when Bella ended up getting pregnant by Edward, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> Not Twilight. <laughs> right. I thought she was gonna go with like Jurassic Park. <laughs> do not bring up Stephanie Mayer stuff in uh, in this podcast. <laughs> hey, man. I love Twilight. <laughs> but um but yeah the so the funny thing is that um I felt like as if towards the end it felt less about Homelander being a complete dick and more about him actually saying you know what I'm going to take it upon myself to do some investigation on my own to find out who is this woman that um in in the very douchey fashion um fashion he obviously doesn't remember as much about her because I I have to assume that she was simply just a fling for him at the time mm-hmm. until Butcher really says it's my wife and then he goes oh oh that woman oh and then he starts investigating and then he realizes towards the end and then okay. you know so the idea at the very very end is yeah. she is alive yeah. Not well only even, she- even before then though I can tell mm-hmm. you is before we get there, I was like, I knew the exact moment that I was like, he is going to kill Stillwell. Because <laughs> when she fucked up the story and was like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, I didn't want to tell you about the miscarriage. And I was like, ah, oh, nah, girl. <laughs> nope. Because that ain't what old boy told him. <laughs> and like the look in his face, I said, okay, so she's going to end up dead really soon. Yeah, the... The, yeah, when you have the the conflicting stories, that's essentially what happened. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he was going to eye beam her to death. I complete I that came honestly. I thought I he was. Mean, going how to, else she gonna die? <laughs> I thought he was going to choke her out or something. But Why? when he grabbed, he use his power. <laughs> I thought he was going to snap her neck. Like you know nah. how when you know how when somebody grabs the size of someone's face, and in a movie, and you're just like, okay, that person's gonna just just violently. Snap that uh-huh. person's neck. 
I, I knew he was going to do exactly what he did. Wow. I now, know. having Teddy down there watch it, now, that was just dirty. That was, the okay. way she was saying, the way she was talking um, to him and saying, please, just take the baby upstairs. Just take him away. I don't want him to see any of this, please. And he just ignored her and just just basically steamrolled through the conversation because he's so in euphoria over the fact that he can finally reveal the truth to Butcher. Because I think in that moment too, he wants to show Butcher that, hey, I'm not I'm not the end all be all of bad guys here. Stillwell and the head of Vought. He was like, uh, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm still on. I was like, let me just flip this anyway. Yeah, as long as I kill, as long as I kill all the No, he didn't. He didn't. (laughs) He didn't. He was like, I don't care. As long as I get to kill everybody, it doesn't matter if I go up in flames too. Whatever, I'll kill everybody here if I have to. Even Mm -hmm. Teddy, I Teddy. But um, but yeah, that's um. So then he was like, "Wakey, wakey," and I was like, "Where?" I was like, "Oh, he pulled him off the house." I was like, "Oh, that was kind of not like why did he save him?" Only to be revealed. And then when that little blonde-headed boy came, I said, "Oh, wait, hold up." (laughs) So now I'm just like, okay, how did she birth this thing and it not? Like eat away at her body is what I'm trying to figure out. I have because, no idea because that little baby in the freaking incubator from like episodes before was like already shooting his little eye lasers up. Yeah. At, so I would at butcher. I would and, have and to assume. Notes, so. I kind of assume that everything was just a lie, or the whole the whole um you know oh the baby you know bore itself out of her body and all that and and we had to she died immediately but my thing is like how do they control the powers of the fetus is what i'm just trying to figure out i imagine something must have happened they probably doped the baby up before it's born like you know how you have still in her stomach but wouldn't that affect her well, probably you know how well when pregnant women are given like uh, what are they uh, what are they given when you're having given birth for the like you don't feel pain. Oh um, yeah, yeah, like an yeah, epidural. Yeah. They probably yeah. have like a. I mean, I'm guessing. I mean, this is superheroes. It doesn't have to make sense, right? But they they probably have like a special epidural they give them or something that also kind of makes the baby. Uh, and they probably did like a a, a C section or what do they call it? Yeah, yes. cesarean. Yes, he said. Yeah, cesarean. But I mean, um, but even before then, while the baby is growing, though, like, how do they keep it from? That's what I'm mm. saying. Like, not just yeah. at birth, but I'm just saying while it's like still developing. But granted, it's like a rapid process. It probably took like two days, right? Or something. Yeah, didn't they say that the baby grew even faster than regular babies? Yeah. He yeah he did mention that that scientist guy. Who, by the way, always plays somebody shady in whatever TV show or movie he's in. Uh-uh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was a great that was a great ending. Yeah, the fact that now it's revealed that yeah, your wife is alive, and not only is she alive, but she has my son. A whole baby. A whole a whole boy, not and even a baby also- anymore. I was not expecting him to be like, oh, do you know who I am? Oh, they lied to you. I'm your dad. I said, oh, wait. So we just telling this little boy, like, right here on the grass? Yeah. 
in front of Butcher on we purpose. Can't, we can't sit down. Can you like, imagine them playing? Can we be invited in? Like, what is Imagine that? them playing ball in the yard. Right? <laughs> They're going to do that. It's like, I can see Highlander trying to be like one of those dads he saw on TV on like, le- like the 1950s TV or Leave it a Beaver or some crap like that. And it's totally not working out. Also, are we going to... Well, I'm guessing that little blue blanket came from when he was back in the lab, or yes, yeah. that's why. Yeah, that's why. That's why. I bet you'll give the little boy the blanket. Mm-hmm. No, he's, no, he's he's clearly too old for that. Mm, no, he can't. He would that never do that. Cake. That that is that is too that is too sentimental to him because remember that's the only thing he has from when he was a kid. That's yeah, the only thing he has. Yeah, but now he has a child that he didn't even know he could have. So I feel like he would. I don't know. Somebody like Homelander seems like the kind of person who has things being taken or like nothing that's truly his. And that's the only thing. That's the only thing that's like really pure and just his own. Everything else is just like, for example, the the child, the Mm -hmm. boy is a product of two people. But that blanket, that's all him. But I see. I agree with you, Ali. But I also agree that Highlander is selfish and he'll claim the boy is his and the blanket. Yeah, <laughs> right. I feel like he's Linus from from from, from Peanuts. <laughs> wow. yeah. Oh wait, we never we didn't talk about that scene. Saint uh, Ken, the scene, the girl and Sandusky. Oh we yeah. Didn't talk about the oh my God. <laughs> you know what? The deep went by they by them improving uh, Starlight slash Annie's like story arc and character development with the mm-hmm. Me Too movement. They actually increased and improved the deep's character as well. Okay. And you said he went. You oh, really? said he went Brittany. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and then whenever they show his scenes, it was always like just the saddest music. I was like, they are so wrong for how they introduce his scenes. They are trying. And then to he just so pulled hard. a Brittany in that mirror and shaved his hair off. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like as if I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but they are trying all throughout the season because they show him as a really, you know, um, you know, an, an asshole in episode one, right? And then all throughout the season, it's he's a sad, pathetic asshole because right? he wants to be number. T- he wants to be the leader, but of course, that's never going to happen. So he wants to right. be number two. But Homelander was like, "No, <laughs> I don't know it's, who told you that." But they that's literally not true either. So they literally he, play on on um on the whole Aquaman joke thing too, the fact that he only talks to fish, yeah, and that was the joke yeah. of Aquaman is that why should we care about this this one superhero? All he does is talk to fish. Um, the dolphin um res- the failed dolphin rescue attempt. And the <laughs> okay, I'll touch you, but so last time I'm like, wait. What is what? Like, what do you do with these dolphins again? I'll touch your blowhole. What? What is going on? I have so many questions. Right. Ken is is the deep in the comic books. Is he sleeping with dolphins? I don't know. I don't remember him. The homegirl like ramming her hand through his gills, and I was like, Oh, oh my stop, god! You're I was cringe. I was holding my sides, like, okay, okay, girl, please stop, please stop. It's but my thing, is- I think that scene was supposed to make you really uncomfortable and um, and have uh, maybe a shred of sympathy for him. 
mm-hmm. yeah, and empathy. And also, it um, probably because I love, watch porn, it kind of reminded me of what a certain type of scene, like the way his heels <laughs> were looking. <laughs> nasty. So I'm like, did they make they they mean to make it look like that? Right, like they it, did. <laughs> Oh, can the image you put in my head? Okay. Um, I didn't even have to say it. You knew. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. You guys got that on that island. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not that in you. Ken's like, got him. <laughs> wow. But yeah. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That was clearly, man. That was clearly a scene that was supposed to, I guess. You Which could get your also, revenge from that scene. Makes sense with how he treats women. Yeah. And to suddenly know you get you get your first, just desserts. I'm pretty sure she's not the first woman to like do him like that. Yeah. It oh my god. I didn't even realize that his anatomy was like that until that scene. I didn't realize he had gills down there. Did right. you? Because I don't I don't they've never shown him shirtless. No. no. It was kind of funny because even before they got that episode, everybody was telling me, like, oh, my God, they show his gills. <laughs> it's so nasty. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, then, they got to the, then they got to the where they showed it. I'm like, it's not that bad. And then I got to the scene they were really talking about. I'm like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> oh, my God. It just, this the, the, way she was, the way she was doing that, it reminded me of how back home, when you clean fish, that's how you get, that's how you get some of the, the the stuff out of the head of the fish. You just you stick your hand in the gills and you you just rip out stuff in there. And so I watched that scene, and all I could imagine is is like people back home about to clean fish. And I I just I was like, if she pulls her hand back and there's like guts, I'm going to turn off this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. That's why you just, just go to Captain D's and that. Yeah, no. I don't want to see. I don't. I don't want to see how it's made. Just no. <laughs> put it on the plate. Not. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah. Anything else uh, you guys want to bring up? Closing thoughts on what you thought and and where you think the 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 show might go. Second season. I have no clue because I had no clue how each episode would go. So I think we're going to get the butcher realizing that uh, him trying to. Um, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a, a um, basically his his story arc is gonna go from being a one note one dimensional one track my character of mm-hmm. just trying to get her in and like the like the shades of him dealing with his wife still being alive and we don't know right. whether she actually was like getting ready to leave him for real or whatever or whether exactly or, I can't I wait still- to find out more about her. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious because I don't like Latria said, like, how do we know that she wasn't actually like she didn't consent to this affair? Right. I'm just like, I can't like when she when they showed it on that videotape, I'm like, you know, she could have been raped or this looks, looks like they just had sex and she just didn't tuck her clothes in all the way before she came out. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she doesn't look like as if she was quote unquote coerced. It didn't look like as if somebody was forcing her. Nothing. So I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I cannot say definitively that. You yeah, know, I'm also crazy. wondering if you know A Train's going to be alive because we didn't know he was. You know, 
practically think, dead when we left him. Right. I think he'll still be alive. Yeah. He'll, he'll get like the ultimate high off of, of another thing of compound V. Or he'll actually get over it. Or we'll see him go through withdrawal because he's got to heal without it for once. Yeah. Huh. Oh, and then <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll need to figure out what they're going to do because, you know. Oh, the other cameo that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like text messaging Ken about. I didn't even say uh, Edgar Giancarlo Esposito. I was screaming. So I was like, I just want to know who the man is behind the voice. Like, who is running all of this? Mm. And when he showed up on my screen, I was just like, oh, my God. But I just want to know, like, what they're going to do about Stillwell being dead. Like, who's going to take her spot? Yeah, who's going to? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Like, what's... Carlos, I wonder how he's going to keep him in check. I bet you he's got, like, a... um, I I bet you he's got, like, some kind of, like, a bomb in her neck or some shit. Or, uh... This is kind of a spoiler from the comics. Okay. You guys might, uh, I don't mind. So, in the comics, yeah. what had happened was, and you might know this. I'll, pro- I'll probably forget by the time season two comes out All next right. year. So, Homelander wasn't the actual person who raped the butcher's wife. Oh, okay. it was It was Black Noir. Black Noir is actually wow. a Homelander clone. So, that's why he has a, he's, he's, he's always in a mask. Latria, yeah. you know but you know who Black Noir is? He's yeah, actually yeah. played by a black guy in the show, though. So I don't know if they'll okay. keep that. But um, Black Noir was supposed to be like a failsafe for um, Homelander. Like, so like, Homelander what, like so if, if he goes berserk, if he goes berserk, then we'll just use Black Noir to take him out? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the thing is, I don't, I'm like, did they have a failsafe for Black Noir? <laughs> Mm. Yeah, that's true. Who, who's watching The Watchmen? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Huh. Wow. Yeah, because I was always wondering about that character because he doesn't speak. He just nods his head. He yeah. shows up. He does. He just. He does. He does the saving or whatever, and he's always in the background. But no one seems to really have conversations with him other than, "Hey, you're there. You're present." Thank you right. for your service. Huh. Interesting. Well, all right mm-hmm. then. Huh. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching this. And yes. oh, speaking of which, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Latria, he's in, he's in, he shows up finally in Dear, in Dear White People for this new season. Oh, he does? Yeah, he's like a, he's like a recurring character now. Oh, I just, I love him. I just love whenever he pops up on shows. Yeah, so you're right. He does stay getting these checks. Well, yeah, and Brandon just posted that he's, like, in talks to be in the new uh, Batman movies. It's between him and and Jamie Foxx. He just posted in the group. Oh, you mean... A um, little while ago. What would he play? Would he be playing the... the... I don't... Let I, wonder me what he's, I wonder what he's going to be playing or what they're, they're, they uh, want him to play. I can tell you right... Where is it? Oh, now it's not popping up. He's I hate 60... that nothing is like chronological on this timeline. He's 61 years old. Black don't crack. It sure doesn't. He's that does not look like a 61-year-old man. No. 
Good job. He's still fine too. I need to find out what it is. What what is this cream that people are using? To- <laughs> What is Ange- this product? Angela Bassett apparently eats like Ezekiel bread and and water. Maybe that's what I need, I need to get on that diet. And now I can't find what, what Brandon posted. Maybe it wasn't in the group. Maybe it was just his personal page. I know that um, I I literally I saw it because it had a photo. It was like him and Brent, him and um Jamie Fox. It was mm-hmm. like they were both like on a short list for. I don't know what character. I guess he's playing Lucius Fox. Um, so what I'm seeing online Maybe. is um, it looks like as if okay, rumored for the castle, but they didn't. They don't actually say what they're going to be playing. They just say that they are rumored to be right. on the shortlist for the cast. So does, they might not be competing, but just on the cast. Right. On the cast itself, and then there are rumors floating around. And they're just rumors. I'm pretty sure they're all false. That um, he, people, either people want him to play Magneto when X Men finally comes back. Oh yeah, yeah, I did MCU. see that uh, yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. I wouldn't mind it. I sure would not either. I would not mind it at all. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. But again, only rumors. Fan casting, maybe. <laughs> but. <laughs> Anywho, um, thank you guys, um, and thank you all, listeners, to um, for sticking around with us to talk about the boys on Amazon. Um, if you would like to listen to us uh, and our uh, say something nice shenanigans, uh, please be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, also follow us on the website, say something or sorry, SSNpodcast.com. And you can find us on our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram via at SSN Podcast. Uh, my name is Ali and I'm joined by Latria. See you later. And Ken. Hey, bye-bye. And uh, that's it for our show. Thank you. Have a good Bye. night, folks. Good evening, friends. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs>